Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Radio you can believe in. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio and Talk TV. Speaking common sense unto the nation. Listen on your smart speaker. Watch it live on your smart TV. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On your mobile, on your wavelengths. Talk Radio and Talk TV. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. It is Friday. Uh, we are approaching the weekend. Obviously, the Queen is now lying in state. The queue uh, to, to filter through inside Westminster Hall has actually been stopped. It has been uh, paused, shall we say, for about six hours because the queue has reached Southwark Park, which for those of you who don't know London terribly well, is about four or five miles from Westminster. Uh, it is all the way back to uh, a place called Rotherhithe, uh, not a million miles away from where I live, actually. And the park is full of people. And the queue is estimated now to be around about 11 hours long. So if you are thinking of coming into London today to join that queue, uh, just be aware that it's now been paused for around about six hours. So until approximately four o'clock this afternoon, um, it w- you won't be able to join that queue. It is moving. Uh, it's just an awful lot more people have joined it. The weather uh, is reasonably clement today. It's quite nice. There's blue sky out there. It's supposed to get quite cold tonight as well. Um, we'll talk to you today about all the things that are going on. Uh, we've got, of course, uh, the, the visit uh, by the King and his Queen Consort Camilla to Cardiff. We'll bring you that. Uh, we'll also be talking about all the other things that are going on through the course of this afternoon. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the number. We'll hear your stories. We'll talk to a great many different guests about all manner of things. Uh, first of all, though, let's welcome Richard Tice, the head of the Reform UK Party. Richard, a very good uh, morning very to you. Very good morning to you, Mike. Um, I saw that you were one of those who were in there first. Um, I did. I, I joined the queue at two o'clock on Wednesday. Mm. And what was delightful was the very first people I met amongst all the friendly people in the crowd were some Talk TV listeners and viewers. Really? And I thought, was well, there more and more people yes. are uh, listening to the home of common mm, sense. And that fantastic. was great. It's very good indeed. And it's been quite a remarkable few days. I mean, you and I have seen each other on and off sort of for the last week, I guess. Um, but let's just sort of catch up with, with, with events because um, it has been incredible to watch this crowd of people very good natured i mean i don't want to bring in anything to compare it to but i was i remember talking to a a woman about the notting hill carnival and she said well whenever you get groups of people together there's always trouble uh well apparently not because not when you queue to see the queen Uh, that's right and i described it as the queue of queues to to pay people's respects to the queen of queens yes the monarch of monarchs Mm. and that's what i believe and it was it's calm friendly lots of people just sharing stories and then really sombre and serene yeah. as you actually go into Westminster Hall itself. Mm. And that's the moment just before that when everything changes mm. and it goes very, very quiet. And that's when actually completely understandably, you know, lots of people well up, uh, you know, some tears mm. and it's incredibly moving. And I was lucky enough to be there when they actually changed the guard, right. uh, which I think happens every 20 minutes. And that mm. is in itself right. was just a very special 
moment. Yeah. And yeah, I was... Because you're the first first person that's been on the show, actually. I mean, we've had, obviously, correspondents down there talking to people, but you're the first person on the show who's actually been inside it. Yeah, so it's, look, it's, it's an incredible rumour, first of all, isn't it? It's I mean, Westminster Hall, it's it's the oldest part mm. of uh, the Palace of Westminster. It's a thousand years old. You know, it's where Charles I mm. was, you know, he was, he was sentenced. I mean, it's it's just got so much history. I've never been to a lying in state before, mm. but I just felt this had to be done yeah. for me and, and for my late mother. And I'm just delighted that I did it. And yeah. uh, that, that image will, will remain with me Yes, forever. I think so. Because it's one of those historic things, isn't it, where you where you can talk about it and people will ask you about it. Did, were you one of those who was lucky enough to go? And you'll never forget it, yes, will you? Yes, I, w- I will never forget it. I'm delighted I did it. And, uh, yeah, it was just a, uh, a just a really positive thing. And I've heard lots of other people say, actually, you made friends in the queue. Yeah. And that, even you, choice. even me. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the most hated people. Well, in the, no, I'm really know. joking. Um, but <laughs> no, have, it's, it's true I though, isn't my it? Likers and dislikers. <laughs> no, I know you're very much a hero to a lot of people. But of course, there has been a bit of controversy about the MPs, hasn't there? Because a lot of people have discovered now that MPs have gone in and sort of jumped the queue. I'm not quite sure how they do that. How do they do that? Do they bring them in so it through p- another door? Or yes. Something? So they they come in from the House of Commons mm. is uh, is how I understand it. And and MPs and peers. And let's remember there are quite a lot of peers, there's yes. 850. I mean, I'm because I mean, I'm thinking, you know, not that people would would be any any less decorous uh, when they were in there, but if I saw a lot of people walking in from another door when I'd been queuing for six hours, I think I'd be that happy about it. Well, as I, said, I don't quite know how they do it, but yes, uh, you get four guest passes, mm. and I think you know there are serious question marks about that. Look, at the end of the day, um, the Palace of Westminster that is the working place mm. for MPs and for peers, so. That is more understandable, possibly with their other half. But to get a, a bunch of other guest passes, mm. I'm pretty questioning about yes. that, frankly. And I mean, I was asked if I wanted a pass as a journalist uh, because I could go in. And I actually declined it because I thought, look, I don't know if I'm going to have time to queue up. I would like to go, but I don't think it would be right for me to wander in there. Yes, it would be wor- worthwhile so, from the point of view. And, of- and, yeah, that's right. and I think the point for, for media, and obviously there's a lot of foreign media from all over the world yeah. and, and domestic media... And the point is that you know, they're there to report on events. So if you want to report on what's going on in the lying on lying yeah. in state, then you've got to be allowed in there and you've got to be able to, to do your yes. job. So it, I think I think there is a difference between a journalist who is reporting mm. on the scene, the atmosphere, the serenity yeah, of it, totally. uh, as opposed to um, friends of an MP or friends mm. of a, a a peer of the, yeah. uh, the House or an of MP and his entire family, for example, well, or something exactly. like that. So I think that is the key difference. Because I understand there was a bit of a set two last night on Piers <laughs> Morgan uncensored between one Isabel Oakshot and Mr Morgan. There was there was a a bit of a set two because my other half, Isabel, she uh, she had been in earlier in the day yeah. as a journalist in order to report on it, and so yeah. she could go on shows and, and report on it. And um, Piers had a different view, and so they had a bit of a mm. to-do last night, yes. which is quite feisty. If you, anybody wants to listen on yes. on catch-up, I would highly recommend I'll go and, it. I'll go and check that out, it's, because I'm uh, going over there later on to do that, to host that very show tonight. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see how that all panned out. But, uh, but Piers Morgan, not a man averse to getting VIP treatment in certain areas. Well, I, I did think that, that it, was, it was very interesting. It was a, a good feisty In fact, exchange. one of the last times that I saw him before he started working here uh, was indeed at Lord's Cricket Ground, where I went downstairs because I was in a very expensive part of Lord's, hosted by <laughs> your good self. Um, 
and I went down to the cheap seats to find him um, and a couple of other people. And uh, but his his seats were not cheap by any means. Uh, no, I think it's fair to say that um, <laughs> Piers knows how to use enjoy the finest corporate hospitality. He does uh, absolutely. But, um, he likes to uh, to wind it up. But isn't it incredible now that the the, the queue? Because funnily enough, I was driving because I was um, in the car yesterday. I drove past Southwark Park. It's not that far from where I live, and there was all these fences and you know set up. And I thought, I wonder what that's to do with? Because I couldn't imagine that it was for the queue because it was so far away. The queue at that point was at Tower Bridge which is a good at least mile away. Yeah. But they've now not only reached Southwark Park, but they've now filled up the entire sort of sheep run that they've got with people. And they're talking about an 11-hour queue. Yes, and the queue does move, and uh, they've found ways to, uh, to to sort of accelerate it. People go past the coffin sort of three or four abreast. But, you know, understandably, there are so many people who want to pay their respects. Mm. And so that is now a very, very long queue. I think they've paused being able to join the back of the queue uh, just because they need to contain mm. it within Southwark Park. Yes, they paused um, it so until about four o'clock, we understand, so right. we'll keep you updated Yes, indeed. with so, all of that. Let's talk about um, Monday because um, obviously there's going to be hundreds of um, heads of state coming. That's another problem, I suppose, because I wasn't. it hasn't been explained to me entirely whether some, whichever head of state goes into Westminster Abbey, is it plus one? Are they on their own? Um, it depend, does it depend on the country? You know, uh, there's 2,000 seats available, I believe. Um, so presumably like, the entourage as, for, as of, of Joe Biden won't be in there, maybe him, him and his wife. As I understand, it is the, uh, it, it is the, uh, the president, the prime minister, the dignitary, plus one. Right. And so you've got just under 200 countries, and there are, I think, um, three countries where that isn't the case. Uh, uh, Myanmar, North Korea, and there's a question mark about Russia. And there, yeah. is, there is quite a row. Isn't about, Belarus in there as well? Somewhere? And Belarus, I think, is yeah. in there. That's right. And there's, there is a, a huge row about uh, the invitation that has been extended to President Xi Jinping mm. of China, yeah. who, of course, uh, is the president who has sanctioned uh, a, a number of uh, conservative politicians mm. and peers yeah. uh, as not being able to travel to China yes. um, because they've had the temerity to criticise yes. China. And so you think it's, well, it's, I mean... The hypocrisy of it, mm. that uh, the president thinks that uh, he should be invited, yeah. even though he's sanctioned uh, UK politicians. Yeah. And um, I, so th- there is, there's a row brewing about mm. that. I know people like uh, Sir Ian Duncan Smith. Are well, he's one upset. of those MPs. Isn't yes, he? he's one of those who's been sanctioned. Yeah. And I, I, I sympathise with that. Mm. You know, you can't have it both ways. You can't have your cake and eat it. Yes. However much any of us might like. Mm. And, uh, you know, if you're going to dish it out, you've got to be prepared to take it. Absolutely. I mean, the world of diplomacy is difficult enough, isn't it? Because presumably the likes of um, Mohammed bin Salman, um, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, will be invited, notwithstanding what he's been accused of doing in the past. And and I guess many people will say, uh, this is Her Majesty the Queen. She was above all of that. She was... But in that case, then you have to invite Putin, don't you? Well, if she's and, above all of that, and, and in a sense, and that's the difficulty, yeah. is that uh, at what point do you do you change that? Yeah. And uh, I think, as I understand, a, 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 a the Russian ambassador uh, may have been invited, yes. whether or not actually going to attend. So is she coming, as far as we know, or is uh, he not coming? Uh, the last I've saw seen, uh, he wouldn't come, mm. but they might send a, uh, a senior, possibly the Chinese mm. ambassador, to mm. the UK. Okay. So look, this is, as you say, diplomacy is filled with very difficult mm. uh, choices and decisions and judgments, mm. and uh, you know that's. Um, but it is, uh, yeah, it's it's just quite a. And it's going to be a strange a day, isn't it, on Monday? Because I'm I'm trying to kind of um, imagine what the atmosphere is going to be like. You know, I walked in this morning. 
um, and it didn't seem to be too different from every other day. But Monday will be, for me anyway, probably similar to um, the funeral for Princess Diana, which I think was on a Sunday. Um, and I remember there's another Piers Morgan story for you because we all ended up staying in the Tower Hotel because we were working around the clock and people were sort of late at night Saturday coming back in early Sunday. I came out of the hotel Sunday morning about 7.30, o'clock to find no taxis whatsoever. Um, and as I was about to check out, suddenly Piers Morgan was behind me. He was editor of the Mirror at the time. I was working at the Express. And um, we both walked out together and a taxi suddenly appeared and he was going to Canary Wharf and I was going to Blackfriars. And I just jumped in it. And he said, no, I need that. I said, no, sorry, Piers. See you later. And the, I'm not sure he's ever forgiven me. <laughs> because they were very, there were very few taxis actually operating. And no, I, I, mean, I imagine London will be completely deserted. I think, I think most of the country actually will, will be silent on Monday, with a few exceptions. Mm. But, I mean, I'm not sure about all the closures. Well, in a sense, why not? I mean, this is a a truly historic day and I understand that tens of millions of people will want to watch the funeral and so it's a bit like it's it's a very special family day it's a mm. bit like in a, in a sad sort of way it's a bit like Christmas Day mm. and, and the Queen was part of Christmas yes. Day for I mean I suppose so I and, mean, and most shops and most places are closed on Christmas Day with yeah. some some exceptions yeah I mean I just wondered about schools being closed but as you get closer to it perhaps you're right perhaps I'll be kind of persuaded that it's a good idea to do that I, I think the UK will be very very quiet mm. I think there'll be very little on the roads and I think for, for much of the day people yeah. will be quite reflective It's it's a huge thing and it's you know Billions of people will be watching this around the mm. world on television. Yeah. And in well, a it sense, will be the biggest event on live TV ever. Yes. Bigger even than Diana's Funeral, bigger also than the other big one, which was 96 opening game, opening ceremony. And, and that is that is an indication of uh, of just who um, Her Majesty mm. was and just the the power, the respect, the admiration she had all over the world. Mm. And, and in a sense, uh, you know, she... she she and the royal family is one of the greatest marketing assets that the UK has, mm. and we should we should treasure it. And I think that's the opportunity that King Charles is, yeah. the third is now sort of stepping into, and so far doing a very very good job. Absolutely right, Richard. Stay with us if you would. Richard Tice is here. We're talking obviously about the weekend, uh, the events coming up on Monday. We'll bring you events from today as well. Eleanor Sherwood's going to be talking to us very shortly. She's near Blackfriars Bridge. The queues have been suspended for the moment, so don't try and join them. Uh, it's a nine-hour wait minimum. Um, but don't bother going to Southwark Park until around about four o'clock this afternoon. Uh, this is Talk TV on DAB Plus on the app, Talk Radio, and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. Richard Tice is here with me. We're going to talk a little bit about the Serco story and the migrant story, which, of course, Richard has been very much at the front and centre of uh, over the past few months. But before we do that, let us go down now uh, to Blackfriars Bridge. Talk Radio and Talk TV's reporter, Eleanor Sherwood, uh, is there for us. Eleanor, very good morning. Good morning, Mike. Good to speak to you again. Yes, indeed. Uh, the queue now has reached such mammoth proportions that it's been suspended, we understand, until around about four o'clock this afternoon. It's reached uh, as far away as Southwark Park. What are you seeing there? It's still moving quite swiftly behind you by the looks of it. 
It is. It's been moving very steadily all morning that we've been here. And it's been quite overwhelming, really, just seeing the sheer numbers of people that are going past. What we have been told, though, is by the time the queue reaches Westminster, it goes into more of a zigzaggy formation. Mm. So even once they're so close to the hall, there's still a couple more hours to wait there, which might explain some of the long wait times. Having said that, though, people down here are in good spirits. It's quite chilly, but they're all clutching hot coffees, making friends and seem to be very glad that they've made it into the queue in time before it got suspended. Yeah, absolutely right. So, and as far as the weather forecast is concerned, I know you're not maybe used to telling us what the weather's going to be like, but it is going to get colder tonight, we're told. So people should wrap up warm, right? Absolutely. And there are people down here who've been queuing overnight. So lots of woolly hats, which is quite a strange sight to see <laughs> for September. But at least it's not raining. Yes. No, that is very good. And as far as the, um, uh, the people who are coming in and out of Westminster, you were down there yesterday talking to a lot of people. Um, everybody yeah, seems yeah. to be getting a different experience and everybody seems to be coming away with, with, a, with, with a kind of a view that it's a pretty awesome thing to do. Absolutely. And there wasn't one person that I spoke to yesterday who told me that it, they didn't feel that it was worth the wait. And I was in the hall myself and it is a really special place to be. And what I would say to people is that even if you feel like it's something that you do want to do and you are prepared to wait, it's definitely something that's worth doing. Everybody that comes out seems to be quite moved by yes, it. Yes, absolutely. Eleanor, thanks very much indeed. We'll be back and forwards with you, I'm sure, throughout the course of the day. And the Sherwood, they're reporting in from Blackfriars Bridge. As we say, the, the, the queue has been suspended, so they won't let anyone else join it for about six hours. Uh, but do uh, keep listening. We'll let you know as soon as that uh, changes. Richard Tice is here, though. Richard, you tweeted out a couple of days ago about this remark remarkable Serco story you know we know that they've been in receipt of billions of pounds of government money up to now it now seems that they've taken on yet another string to their bow uh, with rentals and landlords. Um, this this is a truly extraordinary mm. story Serco are now advertising to landlords of rental properties only in certain parts of the country mm. nowhere near where the metropolitan elite uh, live so it, if you own properties in the northwest of England, the Midlands, or the east of England, mm. then Serco are willing to offer you a five-year lease. A normal rental term might be six or twelve months. Amazing. You don't know. You can get a nice five-year lease from a FTSE 100 company who will look after everything for you, all the management, look after the property, in order that they can let that property to illegal migrants. Yeah. It turns out they've already got a portfolio of over six thousand rental properties. Mm. So now we know why. Housing costs are going up for so many people in various parts of the country because Serco are literally hoovering them up in order to fill them with illegal migrants because all the hotels, the three- and four-star hotels, they're pretty much full up. Mm. And uh, Serco proudly boasts that they're providing asylum accommodation for over 30,000 asylum seekers. It's amazing because one of the questions that you ask and I ask all the time is where do they go once they get brought here by Border Force or RNLI or whoever it is? Nobody seems to know the well, answer, or at least well, they don't tell now, us the answer. Now, now we know the answer. Yeah. Uh, that actually the vested interests who are racketeering and profiteering on this side of the mm. channel, I mean, it's way more than the profits that the vile people smugglers are making. Yeah. It, these these and huge this is, companies And this is legitimate making, money, isn't it? This, well, in, in, in theory, uh, it, is, uh, it is legitimate money. They're responding to a demand from the government. But, but the idea that you now... If they're saying... It's a five-year lease. What that clearly says is the government has no intention of processing and sorting and deporting the illegal claims. We yeah. now know the majority, for example, coming mm. over this year are uh, Albanians, yeah. um, uh, a, uh, a member of NATO and an applicant to join the EU. You're thinking, well, so five years, 
this isn't a six month lease, right. a five year lease. Yeah. So the government has no expectation, no intention of sorting this crisis out. And this is costing us tens of billions of pounds. Mm. And presumably frankly, once they've been here for five years, they can then qualify to get a citizenship or, or at least residence because they've lived here. Well, I mean, we know exactly where this is going. At some point, someone will be saying there'll be a petition for an amnesty. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this is uh, this is just completely unacceptable. Mm. And I think more and more people up and down the country will say, hang on, you know, what is going on here? Mm. Who is sorting this out? Have we got a home office yeah. that is fit for purpose? And well, we've got I've, a new Home Secretary. We haven't heard anything from her yet. We've heard nothing from uh, the new Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, She's got a work cut out, mm. and I think that very quickly she needs to show that she can do a more successful job than Pretty Patel. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, you know, she won't get a hundred days to sort this out. I think she'll get about about thirty days. I don't know whether you've noticed what Ron DeSantis has been up to over in Florida, um, but over in America, some states of uh, Democratic states, you might suggest, uh, have put themselves up as sanctuary areas for illegal migrants who have come across to the United States from the Mexican border. Florida is not one of those. DeSantis has taken it upon himself to fly illegal migrants into the states where they have sanctuary for them. And he says, well, you can uh, have them. That's right. And they've, they've, they've been they've been bussing some of the migrants mm. uh, from the southern states up to cities like New York. It's quite interesting. There's an article in uh, today's mail mm. from uh, Richard Littlejohn yes. suggesting that maybe... Uh, that um, rather than rent properties in the northwest of England and the Midlands, maybe they should be bussed into uh, Lincoln's Inn Field. There's a nice square in the middle yeah. there where all the lovely lawyers who make lots yes, of money indeed. Uh, defending these illegal migrants. Putney, perhaps. Um, maybe that there should be a sort of tented encampment mm. on Lincoln's Inn Field. There's yeah. plenty of space there, a very yeah. nice place to be. Putney's got some nice green spaces yeah, as well. It, you know, uh, you know, it, means, they they can, it means they can liaise quickly, mm. uh, maybe bust them to uh, Islington yeah. and... Uh, other places where people are, are very keen on yeah. on defending uh, this illegality. Absolutely right. Um, speaking of which, we should mention Sweden. We'll be talking about it a little bit later on in the show. Um, Sweden has um, basically got rid of the, the government that brought migration to Sweden and has now decided to, to, to shift to a, a more right-wing perspective. And unfortunately for the people who pushed all of this sort of multiculturalism and, you know, let's bring as many people here as we want to, um, you know, they're going to find them they're out of power. Well, that's right, because eventually the people have said, actually, no, enough is enough. And from what I read, uh, there is a, a, uh, a highly regrettable close link between the increase in certain types of crime mm. and rape uh, with, uh, with people who've come uh, illegally uh, into Sweden. Mm. And people have said, look, we're done with this. Yeah. And so but in many I cases, think a, it's come, a big, big In shock. many cases, they've come legally as well. And some have come you know, exactly let's legally. Let's not forget, it was Angela Merkel who started the ball rolling, wasn't it, when she said, if you're coming here from Syria, you will be welcomed with open arms and we That's won't right. question you. So guess what? Everybody suddenly came from Syria. And and so I think, you know, eventually uh, the, uh, the the Swedish voters have said something's not right yeah. here. There's a, there's a clear link. We're not happy, and so we're going to vote out mm. those who have who have perpetrated this yeah. policy that is that is leading to significant increased crime levels. Indeed, Richard, great to see you. Uh, you'll be back on Sunday, I dare say, Sunday. Uh, with the Sunday sermon, the Tice uh, Talk Show, which is at uh, ten o'clock on Sunday. Don't miss it. Uh, we'll be back after this with uh, more of your calls and Rupert Bell on your mobile, on your wavelength, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to Talk TV. This is the Independent Republican Mike Graham with you all the way through until one o'clock when Ian Collins will be here. Uh, Dominic F. Dullahan, 
has uh, sent a text. He says this, a tweet actually. Did you ask Richard Tice if he queued with the peasants or if he had a privileged friend allocate their passes so he and any guests he may have had could blind jump? The fellow irritates me and I tuned out till he'd left, hence the question. Well, Mr Dullahan, uh, with the emphasis on dull, you should have listened because you would have heard that he queued like everybody else and he waited his turn and he went in. And so Richard Tice is not one of those people who has taken advantage of anybody's position. Um, and so I think perhaps you should listen more and pontificate less. Thank you very much indeed. Sue says this, Sweden and Italy are doing something about immigration now. When are we going to get wise? Stop all immigration and send illegals out before our society and culture is completely trashed. And one from somebody who doesn't give a name. Mike, if landlords are being offered five-year guaranteed tenancies, that puts private renters at risk of eviction in favour of this. Very worrying. Stop the migration. Send them anywhere other than here. Well, it is ridiculous. There are still plenty of people, though, who you will find uh, will defend the rights of people to come here because we have to either, one, take our fair share of illegal migrants and asylum seekers, or, uh, two, because they're all fleeing death. Well, they're not, I'm afraid. Uh, and now that we know 60% of them are coming from Albania, it's a ludicrous situation. And if you're a renter, and if you're trying to find rental property in this day and age, you will know how difficult that is. So if they're taking even more houses and properties off the market... Government money being used, that's your money and my money, by the way, being used to house people ahead of people who can't get housing. There's something very wrong, isn't there? Surely to heavens. Let's talk to Mike Neville, former Scotland Yard Detective Chief Inspector, because there's an influx of 10,000 police into London this weekend in order to police uh, the funeral um, and, of course, many other things as well. But last night, I'm afraid to tell you, I'm afraid to report uh, that two police officers were actually stabbed in London's West End. Mike, a very good morning to you. Yeah, good morning from Gibraltar. Ah, right. Well, listen, um, there's, there's many places to watch the funeral from. I guess that's as good as any. Um, tell us about, first of all, um, what you know that happened last night. Um, obviously, there's an awful lot of knife crime in London. 10,000 extra police obviously can't apparently stop it. Well, it's vicious, isn't it? Strange timing, six, six o'clock in the morning. Mm. You know, it's an odd time, isn't it, to happen? Uh, the two officers, obviously, uh, my best wishes to them and, and their families, uh, but obviously they acted professionally and this uh, whoever this individual was was tasered and uh, put under arrest. Yeah. Uh, and so just waiting for further details. It's, it's not clear, though, of course, if they are Met officers, because even I saw an influx of officers from you know Norfolk and Suffolk. Yes. Uh, and I'm told there's even Gibraltar police officers uh, over there. So mm. officers have been brought in from uh, everywhere. But uh, whoever they are, wherever they're from, let's hope they're well. Yes, absolutely right. I mean, I saw some police officers this morning as I was walking into work, um, four, four of them, two of them wearing badges on their left side that said police staff, but they were still in uniform. What does that mean? Well, they could have been uh, police community support officers, or right. if they're in some form of uniform, maybe they were scenes of crime officers or officers engaged in specialist uh, radio operations, mm. because you'll have all me measure of uh, specialists out there, uh, you know, checking for uh, terrorists, uh, threats, bombs and the like, but also specialist communications uh, officers who are uh, putting radios and the like, uh, all sorts out there, electronic communications equipment and threat detection. Mm. So every uh, piece of kit they've got will be used this this uh, weekend and the next few days yes i can imagine and and uh, just a sort of logistical question where do they all put where are they all put where do they go because most of the hotels i think are full of tourists who have come to see the funeral 
Well, hell, sometimes, you know, it's a bit like the miners' strike. They end up staying in, in schools and, and places like that. It's not the best accommodation. It's, yeah. been, it's like being back to being in the army, but right. uh, such is life and uh, and you get on with it. But uh, it just shows how this mutual aid works in the country, that there, if there is a big event, uh, then you can bring in officers from all over the country. And I think given the nature of, you know, the, the Queen, it's important that we we have a reflection of officers from across the country who've served her Her Majesty during their police service. Yes. And as far as the um, the sort of ability of the police to do their jobs, generally speaking, around the country, you know, a lot of people have said to me since they've heard about this influx of, of police officers from other other forces around, uh, around England and Wales... Um, well, how come we've now got plenty of police to do this, but we're always told we don't have plenty of police to do anything else? Yeah, and, and that is a good point. And the, and the problem is with major London events, even when it's just London-based officers, when there's a big event in, say, Trafalgar Square, they'll ship in officers from Tottenham, Brixton, and other troublesome spots, mm. and that uh, denudes the number of officers who are available to patrol in places where there's drug dealing and whatever else going on. Uh, and so... The police nearly need to really need to look at how they balance in their resources because it, it does. I, I can see if you live on the one of the worst estates where you're really afraid mm. to have officers pulled away. Uh, I mean, one of the best places to be policed in 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 London, of course, is Parliament. There's a even a whole division of officers uh, based there. Mm. Perhaps they could uh, ship a few of those out and put them on some place where they where they really needed to help people feel safe. Yeah, absolutely right. And there's a question of money as well, isn't there? Because the police are paid overtime to do this kind of work. So uh, I guess there were quite a few people volunteering for it. Well, sometimes they're paid overtime. If they're brought in from other areas, there'll be all sorts of allowances for your food mm. and the like. But the vast majority of officers might just get told, oh, you've got an extra day off because mm. you, you had to work on that day. And in some ways, uh, as a police officer, I would have been pleased to work because there's certain thing, events that you want to be part of, and, and this would be one of them, I yeah. suggest. It's historic, isn't it? I don't, don't think many of us... I don't think me, and you, me or you will be seeing another one. Let's put it that <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, funnily enough, I came out of the office the other night, uh, Wednesday night, I was working late, and uh, confronted by... All, you know, a large number of police officers standing guard outside London Bridge Station. I wondered what was going on until I then re- realised they were waiting for the train to come in from Millwall. There'd been a Millwall QPR game, so obviously they were deployed for that. But I'm told there's quite a few games not now going ahead because the police can't police them. Yeah, I imagine there's been some uh, real uh, meetings between the, particularly the, the police and the Football Association or the Premier League to decide what games. I mean, uh, you know, your rugby and uh, rugby and polo games aren't going to really cause any drama, but uh, Millwall versus Crystal Palace or something like that may, may well mm. do. And so hopefully these clubs, are, I'm sure they've been reasonable. And, and saying that, the vast majority of their fans would have been reasonable, just an idiotic minority and a few of them that would have caused trouble. But uh, I think there would have been those discussions to make sure that the police resources can be properly targeted. Absolutely right. Uh, good to talk to you, Mike. Thanks very much indeed. Mike Neville, former Scotland Yard detective, chief inspector there on the story uh, breaking this morning that two police officers were stabbed at 6am uh, in London uh, last night, early hours of this morning. Uh, let's go to the phones before we do anything else. Terry uh, is in Leeds. Hi, Terry. Hey, Mike. Uh, you might remember me. I've mentioned to you before about, you know, the military bases with empty houses. Yes, indeed. And we've got all this military for Queen's funeral, obviously. But as soon as it's over, will they be forgotten? Because it's two years since I raised this issue and mm. nothing's been done. Yes. And also, I tried to get on with you with Richard earlier, because you were mentioning Circo. Yeah. Now, on my job, I go all over the country doing, you know, like places. And I've done two Circo bases. One of them in North Yorkshire, a big headquarters, mm. 
It, it used to be a training training facility for them. Big right. massive estate. There's several empty houses. Accommodation blocks are empty there. And I says, why don't why don't they house some migrants on their yeah. own estate? Yeah, and when you say their own estate, what what was it? What was it supposed to have been then, Circo's estate? It, it, it was a training headquarters for the for the staff. Obviously. Oh, I see. Oh, so what they would put people in houses there just while they were learning to do something. Yeah, yeah, and they're all empty. The mm. accommodation blocks are empty. Offices are still full. You know, the big mansion house which has got offices in is is still full. But the the accommodation blocks are empty. So why not use them instead of hotels? Yeah, no, it's a very but good point. It's well, a very... I live. I've four hotels full next to me. Yeah. But I mean, I think we... the thing is, there's so many of them now that the hotels aren't enough and they need to put them out of the hotels and into, um, you know, more sort of long-term accommodation because now they know they're going to be here for longer and they've got more coming in every single day. I mean, it's an absolute shambles. Terry, thanks very much indeed. But can you imagine how much money Circa are making? Billions and billions of pounds a year. Extraordinary. Derek's in Dorset. Hello, Derek. Uh, Hello, Derek. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, not so bad. It's a bad line, Mike. Um, well, we can hear you okay, so you say your piece and then uh, we'll let you go. I'll um, I'll ring you back. Um, it suddenly clears if I ring back. Okay. Well, it sounded all right before, but anyway, good luck getting back on because you might not. that might have been your one and only chance. Uh, Brendan's in Hartlepool. Hello, Brendan. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Very well, sir. What can I do for you? Um, the invites for the funeral. Yes. Um, I think we should actually invite Putin mm. to the funeral. And then when he's here, arrest him and send him to The Hague for war crimes. Oh, that's a good idea. He's not that stupid, though, is he? And Z as well. Get him from China. Get them up. Get them both over here. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, you know, until Richard Tice mentioned it, I would have gone along with uh, Xi. However... The fact that they have actually made it impossible for people like, um, uh, you know, Ian Duncan Smith to actually go, not that he wants to go to China, I'm sure, no, but the fact that they've put them on some kind of list is, yeah. is, is outrageous, isn't it? No, and it's, well, it's, yeah, but that, the main problem with China is what they're doing to the, 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 Ouija, the Ouija Muslims. I mm. mean, there's, there's a million of them in concentration camps. Yeah. Oh, I know. But, uh, yeah, get them over here. Come here, yeah, and disarm the bodyguards and say, oh, by the way, you're not going home, you're going to The Hague. Yeah. And, uh, like, it's uh, a great idea. It, you should be running MI5, uh, Brendan. Thank you very much indeed. Brendan Hartlepool thinks that uh, not a bad idea uh, to get the old um, despots over and put them in a, a sort of um, a, a holding pen. Despots go here um, and then send them over to The Hague. But um, I dare say uh, that uh, young Mr Putin is not probably quite as daft as he looks. Ellie says this. I googled the Circo situation, Mike, you touched upon yesterday. I'm outraged beyond belief. I'm sure you've seen it all. Well, I certainly have. I certainly have. One from uh, Dodo who says, housing illegal migrants is pushing up the price of rental accommodation. It's not a good look. Uh, it's simple supply and demand. And he uh, has put in Liz Truss and Suella Braverman uh, into that one as well. We've got much more to do. Coming up in the next hour, Nick Dubois is going to join us. He's, of course, a former uh, MP himself. He's worked uh, in the Cabinet Office as well. He's had uh, roles as special advisor. He knows a thing or two about the workings of government. We'll be asking him what it is that's going on right now behind the scenes in Downing Street as they prepare, of course, for um, the mini-budget, which is going to come next week. What more can be done to help people fight off the cost of living? Uh, and when exactly 
can we see what measures are going to be put in place for commercial businesses so that they don't go out of business in the meantime october is coming uh, it's looming large and that's exactly when people are going to get their big expensive bills i had an email yesterday from the people at supply mine i have no idea what it's going to cost um, but we shall see um, 0344 499 1000 is the number more coming up after the news radio you can believe in independent republic of mike graham on talk radio and talk tv speaking common sense unto the nation listen on your smart speaker watch it live on your smart TV. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On DAB Plus, on the app, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to Talk TV and, of course, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. It's a beautiful uh, sunny morning now, the blue sky and the white fluffy clouds floating over uh, the Thames and, of course, people lining up and still walking uh, all the way from Southwark Park, which is approximately four and a half miles away from Westminster, uh, all the way down the river, snaking along the south bank and then across Lambeth Bridge back into Westminster Gardens and into Westminster Hall. The queue now is estimated to be around about 11 hours and so they've, they've basically postponed anybody joining it for about five hours from now probably probably about four o'clock this afternoon they'll reopen uh, the queue but if you are thinking of joining it uh, you won't be able to do so until later this afternoon you might have to be prepared to wait about 11 hours uh, to get in i'm joined now by nick dubois uh, of course the talk tv presenter himself cbe let's not forget and former mp lots of uh, Lots of initials there to get into. Uh, how are you, Nick? Very well, indeed. Very, Very well good indeed. to see you. Um, it's been quite a remarkable period. I mean, we've not spoken much. I think yeah. we did speak. I can't remember if we spoke at the end of last week. Yeah. Um, but just since, I mean, I was thinking yesterday, a week ago, um, and it was yesterday afternoon as I was meandering my way around. I've never worn so many white shirts in my life, so having to get lots of white shirts cleaned and pressed and all that. Um, and I thought, my goodness, this time last week, the Queen was mm. still alive. Mm. And mm. it seems to be a, an absolute age from then. Now, and it's it? been a strange experience mm. in many ways. I, first of all, I think we'd all agree the most common thing people say is that it's like, well, I didn't know her, but I felt like yeah. I know her. And yeah. that's kind of a reflection of the respect mm. and affection she's held with by so many people. Mm. But I was um, I was down on the Mall at the weekend yeah. uh, during the uh, accession proclamation uh, and uh, also there for when the king went back to the palace. And I kept saying to my wife, there's something really quite amazing about the atmosphere. Mm. It, it was, celebratory is the wrong word. I yes. mean, we were celebrating the ascension of a new king, but you had the combination of the sad moments, you had the British humour, uh, I mean, yeah. on display. I mean, we were hemmed in for a while on the Mall because yeah. the, the barriers, were uh, that, that, that whilst we were waiting for the king to come back, mm. and the, the van with the barriers on it was going up and down every right. now and then everyone was cheering it you know classic british <laughs> right. humor and then the king goes past huge huge sentiment and then you go and look at the flowers mm. and you you get captured in yes. the sadness of the occasion yeah my, my kids came up yesterday uh, from sussex to have a look with their mother and it was you know they told me it was an amazing scene in uh, green park mm. and um just like nothing anybody is ever different very different from the diana day uh, mm. because yeah. diana's kind of weak between her death and the funeral was very much more somber and people were much more kind of upset because it was more shocking but you're right I mean from what I can see people are being very good natured they're you know some people are crying but other people are are just remembering her in in their own way right and and um I think it's true the Earl Earl um, Earl of Norfolk or Duke of Norfolk sorry the 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 family um, Mm. that have forever managed funerals I think he's right to say that this has a huge unifying effect Mm. of course there's 
we know about protesters, we know yeah. about those things, but I think it has had a huge... Oh, I think so. I mean, I've been talking to various different guests this week about all sorts of things that have come out of it. The fact that, you know, we've kind of reconnected with death in a way mm. because an mm. awful lot of people used to have quite big funerals, but now that's kind of become mm. all a bit more disposable, mm. like everything else in society. You know, I was talking to Laura Dosworth about it and she was saying that she came from this quite Catholic background and there was a time when, you know, you'd have the wake and you'd sometimes have the body in the living room mm, in an yes, open yes, casket, yes, you know, yes. which was quite usual. Yeah. But I'm not sure anybody does that anymore. No, no. I would say it's, it would strike me as a bit of a hard one to swallow that. I'm I'm probably not quite up for that. Yeah. But, but yes, you, you, you're right. And of course, we do remember that whilst I think, you know, um, Princess Diana's funeral, uh, Lady Thatcher had a state funeral mm. of sorts. This is this is the, the full Monty, if you like, of, yeah. of what's happening. And the reaction of people is 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 not what you would have perhaps thought in the beginning. Right, older people are going to be mm. hugely respectful. As younger people are far from it. Younger people, it's it's yeah. amazing hearing some of them saying, "I never really knew what the Queen did or who mm. she was." What an amazing mm. life! Yeah. And I think that's a great thing. And I think as well for most people um, who are younger than us, um, they only know the Queen really as a relatively older woman, yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas we know her from from a long time ago, from when she was still relatively young you know mm-hmm. and i think for those of us who've, who've had her not just with her all of our lives but but for decades mm. it's an extraordinary moment i was also very impressed as i'm sure you were with with king charles yes. who i wasn't particularly looking forward to as having as, a, as, a, as the new monarch but he's done rather well yeah i think he i think his speech that evening on tv uh, when he spoke to us uh, do you know i can't remember if it was the friday or the i think Saturday. it was the friday I think it yeah it was the friday and i turned to my wife who's probably more in your camp mm. when it comes to Prince Charles. I've, I've actually had, had huge um, a sort of respect and, and affection for him in, in mm. many ways. Uh, and uh, she said, he, you know, he nailed it. He, mm. You could see the personal grief. You could see his commitment to the values of the constitutional mm. uh, beliefs and the values of uh, the, his mother. I, I thought he nailed it from that point on. Mm. You know, he's got a, a tough act to follow, but I, I think we're all giving him huge yes. support. And he's off to Wales today. Apparently, yes, he's uh, he, doing his tour. He is. This is the final part of his tour. He arrives in Wales by helicopter. He's attending a service of prayer and reflection at Llandath uh, Cathedral. Uh, then they'll go to the Welsh Parliament and will receive condolences and meet members of the Senate. I think Mark Drakeford, I think, uh, is going to be uh, in position as mm. well. I'm told he's literally landing even as we speak in uh, in Cardiff. So, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
uh, we'll bring you up to date with all of that. Um, and then it's back here. And what I was talking to people about just before this was with Richard Tice, apparently, and, and Rupert Bell. Um, there is a Prince's Vigil tonight. Yes, now, 730, imagine if, is it? I think 7.15, like I'm told. Imagine if you were fortunate enough oh. to be walking through when that was happening. And I say fortunate because it is, it's, I mean, there is, is a celebrity aspect to this in a way. Mm. Um, Andrew, of course, will be there along with Princess Anne, Edward and, and the King. Um, and basically, uh, it's a chance to be that close. I don't think you've ever had a chance to be that close to the royal family. Have you? No, and, and as an and individual, l- literally no barriers between you whatsoever. Mm. And uh, I, I, I think if you're in the queue, you're probably busy calculating now what exactly. chance you have yeah. of, of seeing them, which would be a huge moment. I think the impact, Westminster Hall is this amazing place. If people uh, don't know what it's like, not only is it the oldest hall, it goes mm. back about a thousand years, but it doesn't have any columns in right. it either. It's, it's, I think it's the it's clearest It's wide open, building. isn't it? Yes. Um, well, they used to play tennis in there. In King, Did they? King Henry VIII's day. It was indoor tennis. Right. And when they renovated the place about 10 years ago, mm. up in the roof, they actually found tennis balls from the 15th century, yes. 16th century. But when you go in there, the atmosphere completely changes. Um, you, you know, your you, 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 people's uh, everything, uh, just they react very, uh, either very somberly, mm. some smile, some stop and make a salute. That's without the the king there. And now you're going to have the king mm. and queen and the family around mm. there. Just imagine those 15 minutes. Yes. Now, I don't know how many people that'll be. That'll be extraordinary. It will be. Just got a bit of breaking news for a young female police officer suffered a serious stab wound to her arm, which may be life changing in the Leicester Square attack last night. A male officer stabbed three times in the neck and once in the chest, which should make a full recovery. So uh, some, some reasonably good news for those two individuals who were stabbed. Uh, in an attack last night uh, in the West End of London. Um, the big controversy has has been lately, uh, Nick, there's been a few, but the most recent one is who gets in to see um, uh, the uh, uh, the Queen's coffin and, and how, because MPs have been given passes, haven't they, um, which enables them to bring three other people. Some journalists have been in. Isabel Oakeshott had a bit of set to with Piers Morgan last night because he accused her of uh, jumping the queue. What do you think about all that? Well, I've, I'm with Isabel on this. I think both attacking the MPs for having this access uh, and attacking journalists is, is basically twaddle. Um, now, now, the reason I think it's twofold, I think journalists, first of all, you know, there's people up and down the country who are reading and understanding and getting a sense mm. of what's going there who will never be able to go. And yeah. I think the press have a, a really important role mm. uh, in doing that. There's been some brilliant writing about yeah. it that, that I've seen. When it comes to the MPs... Uh, First of all, people are forgetting that they are above all a representative of a constituency. I looked at what Robert Halfen, the MP for Harlow, put out when he was clearly there in the in the complete frame of mind that he was representing mm. his people of uh, Harlow. It is it is a member of Parliament's parliamentary estate. Mm. Technically, it kind of belongs to them. It's in sort that of their sense. workplace, isn't it, it? it? And the idea that they shouldn't have uh, this uh, access, I think, is is petty. Mm. I understand the frustrations of other people when they say, well, we have to queue. I would have to queue. Yeah. Many people would have to queue. Um, but but I think the, 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 the ludicrous nature of not really appreciating that they are our representatives. I would be horrified if my MP did not yeah. go. And the idea that, the, 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 on the one hand, people will complain like mad if an MP spends 11 hours queuing up because they're not doing work, yeah. which incidentally, where those that say, well, Parliament's not sitting, they're not doing any work, that is a fallacy and a nonsense as well, uh, I would take issue with. Mm. But they are our representatives in that Parliament. That yes. is what they are there And I wouldn't do. argue with that. Um, I suppose what I would argue with on both counts is journalists who are working fine. I mean, people are saying to me, well, you 
should go. You know, you should be mm. telling the people that you're talking to what it's like. And maybe they're right. Um, but I would feel slightly awkward because it's not like I'm reporting on it. Um, so I would take the view that I'm a sort of secondary start, you know, tier Well, I can journalist. appreciate that, Mike. But you are reaching an audience. You would give a very um, forceful description yeah. of what it was like. There are people who, frankly, will not be able to get mm. there, who will benefit from the journalists yeah. going there. And in a way, I wouldn't separate... Um, the journalists from the MPs, because mm. uh, they're representing, yes. if you like... Uh, and and, and I people. totally get that, and which brings me to the second point, which is I've got no problem with the MPs at all, but if they're taking three other people, then right. I think that's possibly taking the mickey. Well, this bit. is interesting, because I, I, I actually kind of... Uh, when I heard that, uh, I thought, well, OK, taking their partners, I'm not going to get too mm. upset about. But actually, what I hope MPs would do uh, is not bring their mates... Um, you know, not not have Nick ring up an ex MP yeah. and say, "Can you fast track me in?" But the pe- there are well, people you know who from Matt their Hancock constituency. Be saying, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> but but there are people in their constituency who could not queue. Mm. For for example, they're they're too elderly yes. or whatever. Someone representative mm. of that of of the constituency who could get down there, I think, would be a sound, sensible thing to do. If they were issued with that in mind, mm. so be it. If they are, shall I just say, uh, to extend the privilege yeah. to the less deserving, that would be disappointing. Yeah. And I'd, I'd pass judgment at the next election on them. Yes, I think that's right. Nick Dubois here. We've got much to talk about, including China, actually, because Sir Lindsay Hoyle, it would seem, may have banned Chinese officials from entering uh, Westminster Hall. We'll see if he's right about that. And much else besides the mini budget coming. We're going to talk about that as well. Uh, this is Talk TV. See it, hear it, think it. Talk radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to Talk TV. This is the Independent Republican, Mike Graham. Nick Dubois is here. Uh, We're talking, of course, about uh, access to Westminster Hall. Some people are getting worked up about it. Some people are not. Um, The point about it is that it's now uh, the list, uh, the queue has now been temporarily suspended for joining it because it's been paused for six hours until about four o'clock this afternoon because there's just too many people. It's now reached Southwark Park, which for those of you who know London, uh, it's quite a distance from Westminster. It's around about four and a half, five miles. It's going to take you probably 11 hours from the point of being at the end of that queue to get in. Um, Nick Dubois here talking about it. Um, Hasn't uh, quite been. Lindsay Hoyle, we told Nick this morning, uh, has banned a delegation of Chinese government officials, and the Chinese connection is quite controversial at the moment, isn't it? Oh, it is, because uh, China as a state basically decided to ban a number of MPs, critics of China, uh, from going to their country So uh, and, and accused them of spreading disinformation and all this stuff. Yeah. And yet, in the same breath, uh, they think it's OK to come to the heart of Parliament, uh, something they clearly have nothing but contempt for, yes. uh, and, uh, and parade themselves uh, with a large delegation. Now, the, the interesting dynamics of this is that Uh, They have been, and rightly in my opinion, Mm. invited to the funeral. Uh, That They will be at Westminster Abbey. Where they cannot go, Mm. where all of the dignitaries want to go, is to the lying in state in Westminster Hall. And Parliament, rightly, is defending the right of its MPs and free speech and saying, I'm sorry, you've banned these people. You are not allowed on this this Mm. estate. So essentially, you've got 160 metres between Westminster Hall 
and Westminster Abbey. Uh, they can go to one, but they can't go to the mm. other. I'm I'm quite happy with that. Yes, and we, it remains to be seen whether uh, President Xi will in fact show up. The, 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 the smart money says he probably won't. Yeah. He might send somebody else. Yeah, I, I think it's almost certain that, that that he won't, particularly now with this ongoing row. I gather one of his, his deputies coming and the ambassador will be there and it's a delegation of about 10 people. Yeah. I'm still not clear, but I think you can only get about two people actually yes. into um, That's what uh, we're the, told. The, the, the Abbey. Yes, so you're only allowed, um, you know, the sort of the head of state yeah. plus one, if you like. Yes, that's absolutely right. And all of these people, by the way, will be inverted commas, Q jumpers. Yes. Um, uh, uh, and, and going in. And again, I don't have a problem if the nation's representative, I mean, I do with China, as I've explained why they shouldn't be there. Mm. But if President Biden and, and you know, uh, other world leaders uh, get uh, pr- privileged access to go in and pay their respects, at the, the, their respects at the st- lying in state. Good, that, that's right. I assume that that would be something that you'd have to arrange, even from a security perspective, if, if nothing else. Which, which I must say, um, must must be an absolute nightmare. It must anyone. be an absolute nightmare. I think it's the equivalent. Someone told me of arranging one hundred yes, state visits right. in one go. Yeah, and I love the idea of park and ride for the leaders. I know, <laughs> which I think there may be some more rowing back on that. Yeah, but I mean, you know, they have to make a ruling, don't they? Mm. Can't have if you remember the ridiculous state of um, of Joe Biden's visit to the Vatican, where there's something like thirty five cars in a motorcade. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's not that much room inside Vatican City for all those cars. In the same way, you couldn't put them all around Westminster Abbey either. And I, I, I is he really going to travel on uh, a public transport on an aircraft from America? I'd be amazed. I'd if be he very was. surprised if he was. Because uh, yeah, normally it lands at Stansted and goes above our house. Um, yes. when, when when you see Air Force One, I'd be very surprised if he did. But think of the the Foreign Office tearing their hair out here, Mike. Because mm. they've now got to explain, for example, or some poor official uh, to the Emperor of Japan mm. why he's got to get on a bus, right. right? And presumably that bus has to be carefully edited so yes. you don't put him next to someone who their country is right. not very happy with. Yeah. I mean, what a nightmare. Exactly. And why am I in row, you know, H instead of yes. row C? Yes. You know, this is that. an insult to my country. I mean, maybe <laughs> they'll have to do it alphabetically just to kind of sort everybody out. I don't envy them the task, no, do you? I really don't. Let's talk about, uh, I suppose, more people that we don't envy, and that's the new government. Let's Trust in particular, mm. uh, and Quasi Kwarteng, who are sitting at the moment as we speak, I'm assuming, probably poring over the mini budget, trying to figure out what to do. Tuesday's the day I think we first learn of something of it, is it? Uh, I, I, what we do now know is that it will be on Friday. A motion has been effectively put in the order paper that says the mini budget will take place on the Friday, okay. uh, which is unusual in itself. Mm. Remember, we're calling this a, a mini budget. Um, the reason it is not a budget and budget won't appear in the name is that it, 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 it they would require the scrutiny and work of the um, uh, Office of Budget Responsibility mm. beforehand. So yes. this is this is called a fiscal event. Right. I think there's some um, acronym going around. Similar to a work event. <laughs> well, that'd be nice. <laughs> so uh, I think politically, once the mourning period is over, there's going to be a huge raft of announcements. Yeah. And, and look, my, my guess, and this is nothing more than a guess, um, this period uh, of mourning, which I think the leaders, particularly Liz Truss as Prime Minister, has, has you know, um, obviously been a, a huge number mm. of uh, functions. There will be work going on, I'm sure, in the background to, if you like, uh, make sure the detail and everything is all ready. But don't forget, um, many, many civil servants uh, who would normally be deployed doing civil service work are actually part of Operation London Bridge. They are literally doing anything from manning queues yeah. um, to helping out. They were all signed up 
long in advance of this, so that even the civil service yeah. will be depleted. Well, I mean, we talked just a moment ago about the, uh, the the dignitaries and the heads of mm. state and all that. I presume the Foreign Office and yeah. you know uh, the various bods inside of that will be dealing with all oh, of that, they, they and the Home um, Office as well, I guess. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, you've got huge implications for for what it, what is actually happening. Happening, and they always said that that, that there's ten days. Uh, for a reason, well, you you actually wonder if ten days is enough well, I know. to get this massive mm. operation. I mean, at no point have I thought to myself, "Well, this is going on too long." No. You know, there was, a, I suppose, a moment um, when we thought that during the prime minister's um, the new prime minister's kind of leadership race, where you thought, you know, to be really. And by the way, I'm going to say this again because I said it the other day. The next time the Tory party say, just wait, because this is how it's done. Mm. We say, eventually, we have to say no, because look what happened. We waited till September the 5th. We got a new prime minister in this trust. She went up to see the Queen. You know, three days uh, later, it's all been thrown into disarray. It, it's it's always events. I mean, look, look, let's try and have a positive moment for politicians, which I'll probably get uh, okay. uh, challenged on. Good luck. Uh, they, there, there was a, a lot of reasoning going, look, Parliament has not been meeting. We mm. do need P- and Parliament to meet to make sure laws are passed. Remember yeah. that thing called the energy crisis? Yeah. yeah? Uh, and they've actually announced what they want to do, but it has to be put into mm. law and things like that. Well, we've stopped so, talking about it, but it hasn't gone course, away, No, right? of course it hasn't. And so, and, and, and that's exactly my point. Now, Parliament could not meet. There was no way Parliament mm. could not we, uh, meet during this period, and it should not have met. Then the call came from, hang on, what about the party conferences? Mm. Because you go into recess for effectively three weeks right. of party conferences. They've already managed to knock a week off that. I would have been sorely tempted uh, to have actually cancelled them all together. Yes. There would have been lots of cries of waste of money, etc., etc., and, and, and all of that. Um, even though it's not public money, mm. although there's security implications. Right. But they have, to their credit, managed to knock a week off. They will be back on October the 11th. And I think there's also another... It's still quite a long way off, it, it is, but there's also another important... There's there's a difference between the executive uh, a branch and parliament. And you need parliament to put things into law mm. and to scrutinise. That is absolutely true. You actually need the executive to be functioning every day mm. uh, in this country. Obviously, it's been held up first by the Conservative leadership election where there was a vacuum yeah. and no decisions effectively. You've got actually the executive, I'm sure, working now, but a much depleted mm. executive branch, the people who make the decisions and do the policy. And they will be working from Tuesday full blast again yes. um, uh, to make sure things are happening. So it's not complete vacuum. No, it's not. And let's go back to the first PMQs as well, where, mm. where I thought Liz trusted rather well. Yeah. That's probably better, yeah. again, Prince Charles style, a bit better mm. than perhaps we expected. Keir Starmer, for me didn't seem to know quite how to address her or how to kind of fight her, if you like. Yeah, he's got he's got adjustments to make. Uh, I, I mean, it is it is interesting. I think this in a, in a way, what is one of the things um, people have, have valued so much about the Queen is that sh- she's actually in many, many ways so neutral she's mm. not seeking the the cheer she's not seeking the 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 rah-rah moment mm. that so many politicians do that we do see in pmqs and yeah. things like that 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 that, that actually um uh, uh, what you you'd like to think will come out of this is a slightly more useful pmqs in future mm. where politicians answer questions liz truss answered questions yeah. that must have rocked that totally uh, true i mean because yeah. he's had he's had best part of the last two and a half years do of you not getting any of answers windfall tax? Yeah. no i right. don't i mean that is an extraordinary yeah. thing that that perhaps we'd be talking more about and if i was keir stum i would have gone ah 
Okay. Yeah. I'm no, because I mean, that. what I enjoyed doing was watching Angela Rayner's face, who who looked absolutely horrified, mortified at the fact that here was a guy who didn't know how to answer a woman, and he yeah. wasn't sure how yeah. to talk to her yeah. Yeah. for fear of looking like he was bullying and all that sort of thing. But fascinating. Um, Thank you very much indeed. Nick Dubois, uh, you'll be back, I'm sure, over the course of the next few days talking about a great many things. We might even have you back on Monday. Um, we don't know quite yet what's going on, but we will bring all the news to you as we can, as it happens right here on Talk TV. It's the only place to be. On DAB+, Plus, on the app, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to Talk TV. This is the Independent Republican, Mike Graham. We're with you all the way through until one o'clock, of course, for you. Uh, for those of you just joining us, um, what we should tell you is the Queen is, of course, now lying in state in Westminster Hall. Uh, the crowds are still uh, filing past. There will be tonight uh, a vigil of the princes. Uh, so if you're lucky enough to walk through Westminster Hall around about 7.15, you will likely see uh, the King um, and his three siblings uh, all standing guard around the Queen's coffin. It looks as though at the moment um, there will be nobody allowed to join the queue until around about four o'clock this afternoon uh, because um, additional uh, people have been suspended from joining the queue because it has now reached uh, full capacity in Southwark Park, uh, which is about four and a half, five miles away from Westminster. It will take you about 11 hours now from the end of that queue uh, to get in to see uh, the Queen's coffin. We are getting closer, of course, to uh, the big day on Monday when the funeral uh, will start at around about 10.35 a.m. Uh, after this show begins at 10. Um, King Charles and Queen Consort Camilla are currently in Wales. Uh, they're gone. Uh, they went there this morning. Uh, they're meeting Mark Drakeford. Uh, a private audience will be held, uh, but there will be also a reception hosted by the Welsh Government. Uh, there might well be a protest outside uh, Cardiff Castle. Uh, can't imagine why they'd let that happen, but uh, they obviously have, um, rather ridiculously. We'll bring you that, of course, as next as best we can. Um, and then, of course, um, the Prince and Princess of Wales, uh, William and Kate, will visit an army training centre in Perbright in Surrey to meet troops from the Commonwealth who have been deployed to take part in that state funeral, of course, as well. Right now, though, let's talk to Ellie Wheatley, a student at Durham University, because the Times and the Sunday Times have just released uh, their top-ranked universities. The Good University Guide has just been published, and Bath University, where I went, by the way, uh, has apparently been named uh, University of the Year. There you go. Uh, Ellie, a very good um, morning to you. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me on. Not at all. So, um, this is a big sort of... Um, people love a league table, don't they? What, what, what's the sort of um, uh, criteria for finding what the best university in the country actually is? Well, of course, it's no surprise that Oxford's, you know, the top of uh, the ranks at the moment. Mm. Um, but it obviously comes down to the teachings and how often you get to see uh, your teachers and professors and whether or not it's worth the money and time, because obviously it's a long time yeah. as well. Um, however, I do think that most universities at the moment uh, are not worth the time and money. I mean, mostly you get around 18 weeks of lectures and within a week, on average, you get six hours on co of contact time. Yeah. And it's £9,250 right. a year. And it's obviously, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And also for an awful lot of people now coming out of university with not only that debt, but also other debt because you've had to pay to, to live and you've had maybe not very much money coming in. If you had a job, it mm. didn't really cover much of it. You're kind of ending up with minimum thirty to £40,000 worth of debt. And you might be going into a job uh, where you're making less than 20000 a year. Well, absolutely. I mean, and not even that, but uh, it's very difficult to get um, jobs after university, especially in this current climate. I mean, I think only 
6% of postgraduates in 2019 got a full-time job and obviously they're under underpaid and it's a nightmare to pay off up to £50,000 of student loans. Mm. And of course, you know, three quarters of students don't even ever pay it off. So it's obviously a financial burden for the taxpayer as well as the students. Yeah, absolutely right. So, I mean, is there any sign, I may not know this this year, that, that applications are down because people are looking at the kind of practicalities of it and thinking, do you know what, it might be actually better. I mean, I've said to uh, to my kids, um, if you don't want to go and you want to get into the business that you want to get into when you're 18, that might actually be a better way to go. Oh, absolutely. I mean... This year, a record 37.9% of all 18-year-olds are going to university in September. And I mean, it's just, you know, they're like moths to a flame. Mm. You know, the degree is such a a much-loved thing. But I think absolutely, well, now that Multiverse has been given degree awarding powers, I think that, you know, the university boom will finally crash. And I think a lot of people will start to realise university is not the be-all and end-all. And it's much better to do something like an apprenticeship Mm. where you learn specific skills and uh, get a job outright. So I think hopefully, I do, I do hope that uh, fewer people will go to university in the coming years because Mm. it's becoming dangerously saturated. Yeah. You've also got, as you say, not only the prospect of not having much face-to-face tuition, but an awful lot of, um, you know, lecturers, I think, haven't gone back really since the working from home edicts. And and we're also learning, I think, in the next coming weeks that there's going to be a strike, isn't there? They're going on strike because they're saying, oh, it's so difficult. You know, the working conditions are awful. I mean, what do they think they're doing? They're not going down a mine, are they? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, they love a strike. All of last year they were striking. And what's so frustrating as well is that obviously they are not paid for the days they strike and they get an average reduction in their annual salary. And that's not going back to the students. That's going back to the chancellors who are on their six figure salaries and uh, having a great, great time Mm. (laughs) and laugh, basically. Um, Yeah, there'll be more strikes. And in some universities, I think Newcastle, they um, had a marking strike. So people... Um, degrees were basically decided from um, professors outside the country, yeah. uh, not particularly experts in that particular subject. So, yeah. Just plucked out of the air, in other words. So I'm looking at the top ten here. You're right, Oxford first, St Andrews, Cambridge, LSE, Imperial College, Durham, University College London. University of Bath comes in in eighth place, uh, but it's been named as the University of the Year. So how does that, how does that, how have they got that particular accolade? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? I feel like these league tables don't really mean much. Um, I mean, apparently Durham is sports university of the year. I mean, I don't see much of that going on when I'm at Durham and I don't know how good the facilities are there. Um, But I think obviously they must have improved. Maybe they've got more students. Maybe they've got, you know, a wider range of courses. Um, Isn't Durham the place where they tried to get rid of Tim Luckhurst because he invited Rod Little up there to make a speech and they all objected uh, to it because it was also triggering for them? Oh, it was very triggering. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of them were very offended that he got up and was even there and invited. Yes. Yeah. So I think Tim, so he was suspended, um, but actually the Free Speech Union and Toby Young got his job back, uh, which is brilliant. Um, But of course, you know, you do feel the pressure, the social pressure to be like, oh my gosh, Yes, no, Rodinell is absolutely a transphobe mm. because of something that he said out of context, you know. Anyway, 
Yeah, it's all yeah. it's all it's all rather sad. But anyway, listen, very helpful. Thank you very much indeed. Ellie Wheatley there from Durham University telling us about how um, useless or otherwise uh, some university educations are. I think if you're thinking of spending an awful lot of money and send you, sending one of your children to a university, I think you should be pretty sure what they're going to do when they get out. Uh, rather than just wasting three years and owing about 30,000 quid to somebody that they may or may not ever pay back. Um, Before we go uh, next to the news, let us go back down uh, to one of our reporters out there on the road, Talk TV's reporter in Cardiff, uh, Rosanna Lockwood, watching uh, King Charles and Camilla arriving there. Um, Rosanna, very good morning to you. Thank you. Yeah, good morning to you too. We are just stationed here outside the castle. Uh, King Charles and Queen Consort Camilla currently down at Landath Cathedral. They've got a busy tour of uh, the capital city of Wales today. They're having a service there. From there, they'll be heading down to the Senate, the seat of power down on Cardiff Bay. They'll be getting a sort of message, a proclamation there from, of course, political leaders as well. And then from there, they'll be coming back up here to the castle. Now, members of the public have been encouraged to line the route. You can see a few behind me here. We've got plenty of Welsh flags out. Uh, We've just walked up the main high street to here and it's very thick, the crowd there. You've got cafes and pubs spilling out onto the streets behind the barriers, of course. A lot of excitement building in the next few hours or so, people hoping to get a glimpse of King Charles III. Also been invited to lay flowers on the lawn either side of the castle and some people are actually inside the castle now, awaiting uh, to see the king. Now, it must be said that it's not all pro-king down here. You mentioned it just there before. There is actually supposed to be a silent protest happening in the next few hours. A former uh, member of uh, Plaid Cymru, uh, the Welsh Party a politician, she's going to be holding up apparently a silent protest placard against the monarchy. There is actually an independence march scheduled for Cardiff in about two weeks' time, 1st of October. Union members as well and that Plaid Cymru politician talking about needing to talk about the future of Wales and, and hints about independence as well. Uh, and worth mentioning on the politics front as well, Liz Truss has actually arrived in Cardiff as well today. It's her first visit mm. to Wales since she took on the role of uh, Prime Minister as well. Well, it all looks very exciting, Rosanna. Thank you very much indeed. Rosanna Lockwood there talking to us from Cardiff, where uh, King Charles and Camilla uh, are currently visiting. Uh, they'll be there for a bit uh, a bit more long, a bit longer than uh, we are now, something like a few hours in the afternoon. And they're back, of course, to London uh, for later on, uh, after 7.15, the um, uh, vigil of the princes, which will take place inside Westminster Hall, similar to the one that was done um, up in Scotland in St. Giles Cathedral, uh, where if, you're happy, if you happen to be walking through Westminster Hall, you might actually come across the four, um, uh, the three princes, of course, um, or the th- two princes, the princess uh, and the king, uh, all standing guard around the queen's coffin. Coming up uh, in the next hour, we're going to talk about uh, China because Cindy Yu is here from The Spectator. Um, here's one from Lin who says Chinese officials have no place in this country. They are enemies of democracy. Um, uh, sorry, it's from Adam uh, from uh, King's Lin. Um, there is an awful lot of speculation that President Xi will not come, uh, having... Uh, been invited. There's many MPs, Tory MPs in particular, who have been banned from going to China, who are very much against the idea of anyone from China being invited to the funeral, because it does seem to be slightly out of uh, kilter with the policy of this country. Liz Truss has previously been, uh, shall we say, very unfriendly towards China, so we'll find out what in fact uh, is going to happen later on. Uh, We're here, of course, until all the way through till one o'clock. One more hour to go. Uh, Cindy Yu will be up next. Don't forget, tonight uh, you get another chance to see me uh, on Piers Morgan Uncensored from 8 o'clock. We'll be continuing our coverage uh, of the big royal weekend. This is Talk TV. See it, hear it, think it. Talk radio and Talk TV.
Welcome back to Talk TV. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham here with you all the way through until one o'clock. A bit of breaking news. Former BBC local radio DJ Alex Belfield has been jailed for five years and 26 weeks at Nottingham Crown Court after being convicted of four stalking charges against broadcasters, including uh, Jeremy Vine. Another piece of breaking news as well uh, in the last half an hour. Train drivers at 12 different rail companies are due to strike on October the 1st and October the 5th in the long-running dispute over pay. Uh, sources have said you might remember uh, there were two strikes towards the end of last week that were called off um, by the uh, rail unions in uh, respect of the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II but the strikes will return in October by the looks of it so once again uh, it's not going to be very easy to get around this country uh, unless you have a car um, and if you, even if you do have a car it's going to be quite difficult. Uh, we've been talking about travel arrangements of course coming up this weekend because um, many of you uh, have now seen uh, the Queen's coffin in Westminster Hall. Uh, we think as many as 100,000 uh, probably more than that now uh, because people have been filing through the um, centre of London now for a couple of days. They've now suspended uh, the actual queue itself because they've got so many people in it uh, it's thought to be taking somewhere between nine and ten hours to get uh, from the end of the queue to Westminster Hall and it's reached Southwark Park which is around about four and a half or five miles away from Westminster so you need to check back for further updates it says the instruction knows please do not attempt to join the queue until it resumes the queue is at capacity and is currently paused as you can see from our graphic on the screen if you're watching it right here on Talk TV. Uh, what you might also find, of course, uh, is that there now becomes a queue for a queue. Uh, I don't know whether that's actually happening, uh, but you're being discouraged from going to join it. Uh, and if you are coming into central London, it might be wise to remain in Green Park or stay around about Buckingham Palace to see what's going on there. Uh, but once again, uh, just a bit of breaking news for you. Former BBC local radio DJ Alex Belfield jailed for five years and 26 weeks. So five and a half years, basically, at Nottingham Crown court after being convicted of four stalking charges. Uh, we've been talking a lot about China this morning because of course we will be taking your calls in this album so do uh, hang around if you've been trying to get through we will uh, very much get to you before we come to Ian Connors at one o'clock. We've been talking about China. Uh, two stories currently. Uh, we believe that the Speaker of the House of Commons Lindsay Hoyle has banned a Chinese delegation from entering Westminster Hall to see the Queen lying in state. That's unconfirmed from Chinese officials. Uh, but we've also been asking the question whether President Xi should be invited to the state funeral, uh, given uh, what has been going on, not just with the Uyghur uh, Muslims, but also with the banning orders for several MPs in this country from going to China. Let's talk to Cindy Yu, broadcast editor at The Spectator and presenter of Chinese Whispers, a podcast. Cindy, a very good afternoon to you. Hi there. Welcome uh, to the show. I don't know whether you know anything yet about what's happening with um, the Queen's lying in state and, and a group of uh, Chinese officials and a delegation. Lindsay Hoyle, we're told, has prevented them from, from entering. Is that uh, your understanding? Well, that's certainly what's being reported this morning. Um, I've not spoken to anyone. I've not spoken to Lindsay Hoyle about whether or not he really has done this. Um, so, yes, I mean, that is that does seem to be what has happened. And it's, it's it's important to say that the funeral has only partially in on a parliamentary estate through Westminster Hall. And that's the part that Lindsay Hoyle has control over. Yes. So it wouldn't be banning them from the funeral in Westminster Abbey. No, of course, he wouldn't be able to do that. Although delegations of officials, we understand it, are not invited to the actual funeral in Westminster Abbey because it's, I'm told, because of the numbers of people coming, it's, it's the, the sort of head of state plus one, we believe. 
Yeah, and China is not going to send its head of state. You know, President Xi is making his literally first trip outside of China um, this week to Kazakhstan and then to Uzbekistan. And um, he's got very important geopolitical aims in Central Asia. Um, he's been masked fully through, if, if anyone has seen the pictures. So he's clearly very paranoid about the virus still. Instead, he's sending Wang Xishan, who is not a household name here, but is very well known in China. He's essentially a senior Xi ally. So I've written that actually, I think this is a show of respect that the Chinese communists understand how important the queen is to international politics and to the British political system, that actually the CCP always behaves itself when it comes to monarchy, not necessarily to British politicians, but definitely to monarchy. Um, and Wang Xishan is one of those allies that she actually met during the Cultural Revolution when they were both 20 somethings and they were condemned to manual labor by Chairman Mao. So they go back a long way and they are probably as close, one is probably as close to see as you, you can get in terms of person to person um, links in, in elite Chinese politics. So sending that kind of right hand man, I think is a sign of deep respect. Um, and what's, you know, what I, I think is quite ironic is the British response to it or from some British MPs at mm. least. Well, I mean, you can't really blame some British MPs, particularly those who have been told that they're no longer uh, wanted or welcome in China. People like Ian Duncan Smith, who's been put on a list. You, you wouldn't really expect him to be uh, particularly sympathetic, would you, to the Chinese government? No, certainly not. And I want to say, um, Mike, you know, in this discussion about whether or not to invite China to the funeral or to any part of it, you know, I'm not saying that China is not a bad actor in a lot of what it does in international politics and in domestic politics. People like Ian Duncan Smith are right to point out the human rights atrocities in the Xinjiang region uh, or, or the choking off of Hong Kong. That I fully agree with. Mm. The problem is, is this the right occasion to make that kind of point? So except for countries that we don't have diplomatic relations with, such as Russia and Belarus, which with which we are effectively war, um, except for Myanmar, whose government we don't recognize, almost all world leaders, all their governments have been invited. You, what we're hearing from these MPs is that China should be put on the same pedestal as those other countries. But last I checked, we still do have diplomatic relations with China. And if we don't want those, that's fine, but let's talk about it in the political realm, mm. not in a few days before the Queen's funeral, which is, really must not be politicised. I mean, the, the Queen, bearing in mind that you know, throughout her 70-year reign, has shaken hands with authoritarians and dictators throughout her reign. Mm. That is her role. That is her constitutional role. And I dearly hope that uh, King Charles continues that. And so it does seem odd to be trying to push, push through this protocol change in the two days before the funeral, um, which would definitely lead to a diplomatic fallout and would make the news all about that instead of about the que commemorating the Queen's yeah. reign and her life. Yes, no, I think you've got a good point. I mean, there are plenty of countries that one could say are perhaps not exactly, you know, generous and kind to their, their own subjects and, and certainly not to uh, neighbouring countries. And so, you know, that is the nature of diplomacy, as you say. Um, but I guess the difficulty with uh, with China as well is that there's an awful lot of trade that goes on um, equally that uh, that is very valuable uh, from both sides of the equation. And I guess that, uh, you know, it's very tricky when you go down this particular route. But I'm assuming that um, the vice president uh, will not be taking part in anything else other than just visiting for the funeral. I mean, will there be talks taking place? Would you use this as an opportunity to do something else culturally? How will that work? 
Yeah, well, we don't know too much about that yet. Actually, the Chinese side hasn't um, has only confirmed that Wang Xishan will be going. They haven't said much more about what he's going to be doing. And actually, mm. that's only something we found out in the last twelve hours. So we will have to wait and see about that. Liz Truss certainly here has said that she won't be using the occasion as a diplomatic um, chance because of this. You know, even Liz Truss doesn't think that you should politicize this particular event, except for this private meeting with President Biden that is expected to take place around the time of the funeral as well. But I think you can understand that. Mm. Um, so, so I don't know anything um, that they are planning otherwise. Um, but I think, you know, from people who have met Wang Xishan throughout years of diplomacy, they say that he is one of these ones who are not so wolf warrior like. You know, he's not uh, abrasive. He's going to be here on his best behavior. Um, and in my article for The Spectators, where I look at the Communist Party's history when it comes to dealing with royalty. Deng Xiaoping, the then paramount leader of China, when the Queen first visited China in 1986, shook her hand and said, well, warm welcome from an old Chinese man. So, you know, the, the party, it was, I don't know what it is, maybe it's this confusion fabric about, you know, that sets it up well for understanding hierarchy. But the Chinese Communist Party actually kind of gets the monarchy in a way that, funnily enough, a lot of American commentators don't seem to have done in the last week. Um, so I think they will be on best behavior. Let, but let's see how this row with Parliament plays out. Because if <laughs> if we go snubbing them, then I can't promise that you know they won't be you know kind of abrasive back. And I, I just think this is not the way that diplomacy should be done. Um, so I'm afraid that's my position. Yes. No. Listen, you're perfectly entitled to your position because you live here. Uh, you might not be entitled to that same position uh, in the opposite direction if you were living in China. But that's another story. Um, as far as the um, the outreach to um, the monarchy, though, uh, if there's so much respect, will there be perhaps an invitation to the new king uh, to visit China? Or, or would Charles even con consider doing something like that? Well, possibly, yeah, possibly. I mean, from Prince Charles's long apprenticeship in the in in the role, it does seem like he's got his own strong opinions about China, that he's relatively uncomfortable with visiting China. Now, he said that he's going to be setting those aside in his address to the nation last week. So let's see. Um, but given our country's difficult position with China at the moment, you know, it will be um, a question that we'll have again, we'll, I, I suspect, Mike, you and I will be talking about this again, if China does extend that invitation about whether or not Charles should go. Um, and, you know, I personally think that, as I say, the monarchy is there to shake hands with people who the politicians won't shake hands with. Um, and until we review our relationship with China in a proper manner, you know, we still have diplomatic relations with the world's second largest economy, one of the biggest countries in the world. And, um, you know, even the American, even the Americans haven't gone as far as to say, you know, breaking off diplomatic mm. relations. No. So let's be constructive here. Well, what about the relations between uh, China and Russia uh, at the moment and how and how are they kind of being fed through the system? You know, what's fascinating, Mike, is that, um, as I mentioned, um, Xi has visited uh, Central Asia this week um, and he's actually seen Putin there. Mm. So what the occasion is, is called a Shanghai Cooperation Organization, which is a security organization set up by uh, the Chinese, the Russians and three Central Asian states um, a few decades ago. Now it actually includes members, um, it includes um, uh, Pakistan and India, mm. and we're looking like uh, Iran and Belarus might be joining as well. So it's properly, you know, this league of, uh, as one academic dubbed it, a league of authoritarian gentlemen. Xi and Putin have met there, and you know we hear all about their no limits friendship. But what's interesting is that Putin has uh, the readout from their meeting has said we are mindful of the Chinese concerns about uh, the war in Ukraine. 
So these are concerns that we don't hear very often from the Chinese side because they don't tend to embarrass the Russian allies. At the same time, throughout the last six months, we've not seen the Chinese really actively helping the Russians. They've certainly not condemned the Russians. Mm. And they have actually, in their rhetoric, been very harsh towards the West. Yes. But and they've been buying some like of their gas, been... I think, haven't they? Yes, exactly. The, you know, the Chinese, I see this as a great chance to get some cheap gas because nobody else wants mm. Russian gas. Mm. And But apart from that, no military assistance has, has been given, no aid has been given. And so now Putin talks about these concerns from the Chinese side. I think there are those in China who see that this war is not going so well for Putin and actually would rather he ends it sooner rather than later. Uh, especially when it comes to upsetting the global uh, global economy. And China doesn't have the same inflationary problems we do here, but that's only a matter of time. Sure. Cindy, great to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, we must move on. Cindy Yu, their broadcast editor at The Spectator and presenter of our Chinese Whispers podcast, talking about uh, the invitation which has been extended to China, which will no doubt be taken up, as she says, by the vice president rather than uh, the president, uh, who's busy elsewhere. Lots going on. Fascinating weekend to, to come uh, in addition to all of the um, uh, uh, actions and, and activity around the funeral, of course. Lots and lots of heads of state, hundreds of them, 100 in all, coming uh, to one place. This is Talk TV. Talk radio across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio.